listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and man, I'm excited again to have my friend Jeremy Carroll on the podcast. Hey, Coach Jeremy, how are you? <laughs> hey, Chuck, great to be here again. Calling you Coach Jeremy today, so you you and I both uh, have the the honor and the privilege of we got a lot of things in common, Jeremy. One of those yeah. is our awesome haircuts. That's right. Which you know, if you if you can't <laughs> see us, if you're if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, we both have kind of the shaved head look. So awesome haircut, you look great. Yeah, we save a lot of money on shampoo. That's right. But we also both. Um, Love to spend time each summer pastoring at our kids' camps through Lifeway. Centra Kid is a, a mainstay for both of us. We met each other for the first time. I remember meeting you, Jeremy. Yeah. I was uh, representing Lifeway uh, at a camp that we were putting on, and you were there as a kids' pastor with a group attending Centra Kid. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. I, in fact, I can still remember uh, Shaco Springs, Alabama. We were there uh, in Talladega. And Man, we were standing under, underneath this tree. It was hot. I was standing <laughs> underneath this tree, and I, I, I was standing there. I remember thinking, I'm standing here with Chuck Peters, and I don't want to stop time this conversation with Chuck Peters, but how do I move from out in the <laughs> into sun the shade. into the shade so that I don't blister on the top of my head? And I yeah. think we eventually did shift over to the shade a little bit, but yeah, I and do remember that. As the sweat started to drip down our faces, <laughs> I remember that. Yep, I remember that. So what a cool moment that was. I think we were standing there by, those of you who understand Centric Kid uh, culture, we were there by at the spot right. where uh, the kids were changing track times, getting ready to go from archery off to weird science or whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. So, hey, listeners, if you've not, I didn't intend this to happen, but it's product <laughs> placement, right? So, listen, if you are not in the habit of taking your kids to summer camp, please, 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 please. look at Centric Kid and Student Life for Kids as options and take a group of kids to summer camp. It's a mountaintop moment that is so, um, so valuable in the spiritual development of your kids. So great to get away. There's a lot of reasons to love camp. A lot the of reason reasons. I mentioned camp, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say a lot of reasons to love camp, uh, not the least of which it's so much fun and all those things. And like you said, mountaintop, it is uh, one of the most gospel centric weeks that you could ever take your kids to. And I did some quick math recently and, and uh, for our camp team, I was talking with them and um, one week of a five day camp is the equivalent to uh, on the average, more than a, an entire year of gospel oh, yeah. interaction uh, with a, with a child who attends it an average of once per week. So, or once per month rather. So it's just so it's gospel centric, but it's a lot of fun. It's just, oh, yeah. man, it's just so much great about camp. Well, in discipleship, we say this a lot, but I can't say it enough. Leaders, we know discipleship happens in relationship. You can teach from a stage and never have a real connection with a kid, but you can't possibly ride in a van for a couple hours (laughs) and sit at every meal and fall asleep in a room, you know, and then talking about what we did that day, uh, sitting together in worship where you're not the one leading, you're participating, and then you're getting shaving cream smeared all over your face and you're dressing <laughs> like a, you know, like a crazy person for OMC. That's Absolutely, right. that culture is great. Um, part of that, though, Jeremy, I called you coach earlier and That's right. went to camp, is we are camp staffers. We call coach. That's right. You know, there's, there's, uh, Coach Alex and, and Coach whoever it is, right? That we that we have, and so uh, when we go into camp mode, we go to coach mode. That's, right. That's kind of appropriate today for what you and I are going to talk about. So we, um, as ministry leaders, we know we're not meant to do ministry alone. We are um, we're to build teams. 
Mm-hmm. It's, and the Bible tells us clearly, right? We've all been given different spiritual gifts because you can't just be an elbow. You got to have <laughs> the shoulder, the arm, the wrist, all of it to have even a hand that works. We're all parts of the body. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not meant to be lone rangers. I love the passages, passage in Exodus where uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, comes to him, Exodus 13, and says, man, you're, it's not good. What you're doing isn't good, Moses. You're doing this alone. Select from yourself, from among the people. And he gives qualifications, trustworthy, teachable, reliable people of good repute and empower them to help you lead. And so we know, we all know as leaders, we're not meant to be lone rangers. We need a group of people around us. But as we talk about, you know, calling ourselves coach, I know you, you're you a coach, you coach soccer and other yeah. things and play. There is something about the idea of thinking of our volunteers, not as individual people, who are um, filling needs that we have, but as a team. Mm -hmm. So that when we come together with a group of our volunteers, they feel a sense of belonging to something, of a common vision and a common mission. Um, And and they understand their their job. We, We win together in our ministries. And so we wanted to talk today about that analogy of team and the literal encouragement we want to give you as a church leader to think of your group of volunteers as a team and why that can be so valuable for ministry. I, I, you know, team today in, in, in 21st century America, uh, there's probably few people who understand the concept of teams. Um, I think that if, um, if Paul were writing today, uh, any of the uh, pastoral letters um, or or even his general letters where he talks about, you, you mentioned Ephesians 4 earlier. If, if Paul is right today, I think Paul would have drawn very closely on this team idea that churches, we, we serve together, we're in parts of a body. And so while that may not have resonated a whole lot in first century, which may have been why Paul never used that specific language, it certainly resonates today because we all, whether we are a sports lover or not a sports lover, we love we have teams and we're on dance teams and cheer teams and yeah. sports teams and work teams, um, yeah, work teams. And even in school, there's, uh, you know, debate teams and all different kinds of things. We all understand gathering together, rallying together to work towards a common purpose that, of which we belong and we believe. Yeah. And so th- let's talk a little bit, Jeremy, about what is it about that notion of teams? What can we draw from what we all understand about what it means to be on a team? Surely everyone out there has either been on a team, a soccer team, a softball team, a cheer team, or has a child who is on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we relate to that idea of team. There are so many things that we can draw from that to really help us use it as a model of how we lead our volunteers. And so one of those first things is is the is identifying as something larger than just myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we can do that. I think there's lots of ways we can do that. Um, one of the ways that I think about any sports team that you thought about, how do we know who the players are and how do we know who's in, who's, uh, in uh, who's the spectators or even officials or somebody else? Well, they're yeah. all wearing the same clothes. They're all wearing the same uniform, the same jersey. They have. They look like they're part of the team. So I think that's part of it is you have this, this look of, I identify with the team that I'm on. I'm wearing the same colors. 
Yeah. And, and my boys, I know your kids have played travel soccer and different things. Mm -hmm. There's always that moment when you get your new kit, right? When you get the new jersey mm -hmm. and you put that, I said new jersey because I, new I grew jersey. up in New Jersey. I just wanted to roll that in. <laughs> What's up, Jersey friends? Anyhow, get a slice of pizza for me and a good bagel. Um, sorry. I'm totally entertaining myself at the moment. So, but there's that moment when you make the team mm -hmm. and you're presented that jersey is bestowed upon you that there's something special when you bring that new that shirt home mm -hmm. right and you put it on and when you put that on it's you, you are putting on a role and mm -hmm. a responsibility but you're also joining something and, and it, it shows that you um that you are a player not just a spectator like you said so for from a practical sense there are many churches who have the opportunity to outfit their volunteers with a t-shirt. And I'm personally am a fan of that. Me too. <clears throat> it's not something maybe that fits every church culture. Right. If you are a little bit more formal in your dress, we'll talk about some other ways that you can accomplish this. <clears throat> but for those of you who are able um, in your culture, I would really, really encourage you, if you're not doing this already, to have a shirt that's the same color, that has a statement of what the name of your team is, maybe that has a mission statement printed on it or a verse, a scripture passage that reminds you of why you do what you do. Those things are so important. It does, like you were saying, Jeremy, it it lets the the... Um, the people, parents, for instance, if a parent's dropping off a child and they see all of you wearing your, you know, your red shirt or your whatever color shirt that you have, it identifies you as a leader, as a mm -hmm. teacher, as somebody who's a part of the ministry. And that's a real important thing for us to do for the sake of parents, for one. Oh, yeah. It, it, it gives that. So you have that feeling. That's what you talked about. Amigo. It has that feeling of now I'm I know that I'm part of a team. I look like I'm part of the team. Um, we'll talk about actually being part of the team and doing your your stuff in a second but but you, it there is that there's a there is a psychological moment that happens you put that on and you know you show up at church and you have that on so there's a great benefit but also like you said um identifying um who belongs and who doesn't belong who's on the team who's not on the team who who's in authority and who's just dropping off a kid like th all of those things are huge for safety and security it also communicates to the child they they know that they yeah, may not find be able to a read leader it. that's yeah. right yeah child if you need help find a leader look for someone in that shirt yeah they may not be able to read a name tag of a leader but if they know they say oh well i see all of these people in the same red shirt well they know automatically that's somebody I can trust. That's somebody yeah. who's here for me to help me in this church experience, whatever we're doing during that day. You, you mentioned the word identify. And I think that idea that for each person on the team that they identi identify uh, or that they find identity as a team member, that sense of belonging to uh, to a group is so important for us as we as we work on things like retention, right? We it's one thing to onboard people to be a volunteer, but when they get the shirt, you know, when they're when that's bestowed upon them and they're and now they're a part of that group, there's something that puts value on that person when they are when they are uh, selected and elected to be given that shirt and to wear the shirt as a representative of the ministry. I think there's value that comes with that. Yeah, they're they're huge value and and sort of even beyond just th there's that momentary value of you've been selected. We've all 
probably seen the, the rejection. We know what that opposite is of, oh, I didn't make the cut. Um, but to, to receive that shirt, to be part of the team, you, you um, somebody notices you, they see you and they, and, and if you're that kid leader and you are, uh, selecting your team members and you're saying, okay, you're now, uh, in the three-year-old room or whatever r- role that your, that your leader is being put in, you're saying to that person, I see you as a person. I see you as a, as a believer, as a leader, you have gifts. And now all of a sudden as that leader, I'm thinking, Oh, well, you know, I, I am not only do I feel value valuable, but I feel valued. Yes. And I feel like, Oh, you know what? I I can do this. I am, I do matter. And we all need to feel like we matter. For sure. And that sense of belonging to the team is something that really helps people have ownership of the ministry. When you when you are identified as such and welcomed in and included on the team, you you there's you have a greater sense of the of your purpose when you're there. So we mentioned I mentioned earlier that, you know, it, it's just not uh, not every church is uh, has a culture where where leaders are going to wear t-shirts. You may have some folks who are a little bit more formal in their dress who who want to wear a tie or a dress shirt or mm-hmm. a dress. And so if that's the case, there are other ways that we can identify people as team members. Um, and so one of those is to have a special type of lanyard. You know, that's a that that strap around the neck that you hang a name badge on, a name tag on. And so we can have those for a team as well. And maybe they're extra wide and they're bright yellow or bright green or some kind of color. When we can have uh, whatever that is that makes us all wear, something wearable, I think, makes us identifiable and identified. And so a, a lanyard may be another way. Jeremy, do you have any other ideas about what people may, what we might do to make people feel that sense of team beyond a t-shirt? Well, I, so I, I think what, what you hit on right there to me is if, if I'm just going to say one of the, the biggest things uh, as far as team members goes, and that's, um, and it has those same values that we talked about with identifying for kids and, and parents, uh, but it's that it's that name tag. So I just want before we get into uh, yeah. maybe a couple other things is just emphasize the name tag. Um, some churches you may maybe you can't do a, a lanyard. Maybe that's that's not feasible or um, for whatever reason. But most of our churches are uh, printing out stickers for their kids, and so uh, I'm. Uh, I don't know if my church is watching this, but I'm trying to change the culture of my own church where I when I check in my kids, I always check in myself. And I print out a a sticker and I put it on my shirt every Sunday morning so that, one, I know that I'm part of the team, but I want my kids to know that I'm part of the team. We don't do shirts at my church, but I want my kids to to know that I'm part of the team. I want a parent, if a visiting parent shows up, I want them to be able to see me, see my name tag, know that I'm part of a team and be able to know who I am. I may introduce myself, but they're going to forget my name right off the bat. Right. But if they see my name, they're more likely to remember. And so... um, that's just a simple thing. So if you can't do lanyards, you can't do t-shirts. If you have a check-in system, start, start having your volunteers check in also and print themselves out a, a just a sticker like their kids are getting yeah. and put that and, on there. And I think that's great. I, I would encourage you church leaders, listeners to go even a step farther than that, rather than have just like Jeremy, we've both been in that scenario where at mm-hmm. least I have a sticker that yeah. at minimum, I want my leaders <laughs> to have that. Right. Yeah. But how much better if that, if what we have instead is something that's like uh, encased in a little plastic sleeve yeah. that hangs on the wall. And when I come in each week, I pin that or 
clip that onto my shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's a premium name tag because that premium name tag is what identifies this person as someone who's who's uh, an extra special, right? Yeah. Calls them out. So, okay. So something that we can wear, right? Yeah. That identifies us as part of the team. Could be a button yeah, or button. something yes. something like that. It says, Absolutely. hey, ask me for help or something like you think those kinds of things that if it's not a shirt or in addition to the name tag, maybe it's a special button that they put on, clip on, magnet, great for those kinds of things. And I've seen other ways and our, our listeners are creative, but you know, the, the different colored rubber bracelets, if you're wearing mm-hmm. a green one, you're preschool or a red one, you're kids or, you know, a, a, a yellow one, you're a student leader or a preteen leader. Anything that we can I do that we can do to say to our team, when you serve, wear this mm-hmm. because it shows that we're together. We're all wearing the same. You know, when you join the military, everybody wears the same uniform. Everybody has the same haircut. A lot same like haircut. ours. <laughs> uh, but those things all make you feel that you're part of a unit, part of a team. And so do something, listeners, to help your people identify as part of a team. So, Jeremy, here's something that I don't know that many churches do. Personally, I've never seen this. Maybe this is just a Chuck invention, but I'm sure someone <laughs> is doing it. Um, but personally, I would love as part of that team culture of whatever that jersey, that shirt that you're going to do, give that shirt to a new leader in the setting of team. Oh, yeah. So have your team together. Everybody's wearing their shirts. Bring up that new volunteer to the front of that little meeting, even if it's just a five minute huddle that you Mm -hmm. do at the end of a Sunday or before you start and say, hey, we are welcoming Trey to the team today. And and Trey, we're going to make a ceremony out of giving you your lanyard or of of clipping you with your pin. Right. There's that pinning moment when we put the pin on your shirt or where we give you the T-shirt. And he puts it on over the top of whatever he's wearing that day. And then we as a team acknowledge him and initiate him and celebrate the fact that Trey is now part of the team as a team. There's something special about doing that to onboard our people with honor. Yeah, I've never seen that either. But I I think that a crazy idea. I don't think it's crazy. I think it it, now if you're (laughs) probably a lot of our listeners are going, well, I can't get my team together. So you can even do it uh, in a, you know, do it virtually. You can do it in a video and send it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. In person's better, I think that. But it's just that idea of just reinforce with those leaders. um, This is what it means to be a coach To, to reinforce with the leaders that they have value, that they belong and that they matter. And I think when we can, when we do that, if we can do it in front of everybody, it, it just, it re- doubly reemphasizes. Um, if I can use lots of uh, expanding words or doubly reemphasizes, <laughs> Hey, that you're part of our team and we care, we care about you. And this group of people cares about you as well. And so uh, we, we've talked about clothing and I think that's an important part of it, yeah. identifying, but there's so much more we need to cover. So yeah. uh, another C they're, they're not all C's unfortunately, <laughs> but clothing is one coaching is another so we talked about the word coach for ourselves and i think there's a lot of value for us as leaders to remember that part of our role is not just to recruit volunteers and and plug them into a spot they need our ongoing involvement for their development and encouragement so that we need to be present and take our role seriously as a coach to those people i took so i think that is huge and too many times. And I've been there. I have been, I have been in a, as a kid's pastor where I have just, just trying to fill holes and uh, just sort of always living in emergency survival mode of trying to get that. I've lived there. And so I understand that there are probably many of our, our uh, kids ministry leaders listening that do that. But 
Um, but when we, you, you mentioned the word retention, uh, year after year, when you are going through the process of recruiting and finding people to, to, to fill those holes, to, to meet the needs of your ministry, I've, I've said for a long time, it's, it's not really a, a uh, it's not a real catchy saying, but I, I've said it. A trained leader is a kept leader. If you see yourself as a coach and you invest in intentional, strategic training, make them feel equipped. Let them know that you're that that you are not in it just so you are successful personally, but you are in it so that they will be successful. And you do that through ongoing, consistent training, whether that's virtually or in person or whatever combination of those things you can do. But just uh seeing yourself as the coach that you are not just uh, living out here on your own, but, but you are intentionally investing in each one of your leaders. Uh, that, that coach mindset is huge. And there, there's things that coaches do. Like what's the job of the coach? Well, the coach isn't necessarily, isn't a player usually, right? There's very yeah. few instances of the player coach, but the coach is the one who motivates the players who inspires the players, who challenges the players, who mm-hmm. encourages the players, who equips the players. We as we as le- team leaders need to help our team know the goal. Yes. Does your team understand what they're trying to accomplish and that what they're doing is part of a bigger strategy to connect kids to Jesus? You know, and so if we can say, here's our goal for today. Here's our strategy for today. When we leave today, guys, let's huddle. So let's talk about huddles, Jeremy. That's a yeah, part of coaching. Yeah. Um, let's, we, you mentioned earlier about you know bestowing the jersey. And you're like, yeah, people have trouble even getting their teams together in the same place. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think that's part of developing a culture of team. If yeah. you don't have a culture of team, one indication is that you never huddle, huddle together. And those who have a strong sense of team huddle together every single week or before every uh, service time. It doesn't have to take a long time, but but no no football team will ever go out and play without having a huddle. And mm-hmm. in fact, they do it 95 times in every single game. <laughs> they huddle before every play. We We have to circle our team together so that they're brought into a, an, an environment of team and of coaching. Yeah. And so when we huddle, we can we can remind them, look, OK, here's the here's the situation. We need to accomplish this today. We're all teaching the same passage. This is the one thing that we want every kid to learn today. When they leave today, they'll know what. And so those moments, even if it's a two minute huddle that but that's a mandatory thing, we're going to look each other in the eye. We're going to put our arms around each other like we do in a real huddle. Hands in the middle. One, two, three, go. And then uh, we're going to kick off with that little circle time. Yeah. So think about it as, as a leader. How can I you mentioned football? If you don't if the football team doesn't huddle. Before before a play, they might have the receivers thinking they're. You know, they're they're running a different play. The running backs think they're on a different play altogether. But when they huddle, that gives them that split second to say, hey, here's our goal. Here's what we're doing. And this is how we're all working together to make it to make it happen. And that's the same thing that's happening on a on a Sunday morning huddle, for example. It's just that split second moment, two, three, four, five minutes, whatever it takes to say, like you said, here's this big idea. We do not want our kids to walk away today without understanding this about who Jesus is or whatever that big point is for the day. And so it just gives us that moment to make sure that we're all in our positions, doing what we're supposed to be doing and all working toward the same goal. All right. So you mentioned positions. I think that's another key that we should touch on here within a team. Let's go to baseball just to change the analogy or softball, if that's your orientation. So, um, 
on a on a softball team, there's a first baseman, there's a pitcher, there's a shortstop, there's a left fielder. Mm-hmm. Each one of those players knows what their assignment is, what their job is, and what to do if the ball comes to them or when it does, right? And mm-hmm. a first baseman and a left fielder don't have the same exact job. So we, I would say by comparison or in like manner, as we bring people onto our team, we need to make sure that they each understand their areas of coverage in a way that's specific. They need to understand what we're asking them to do, what's the expectation. And too often we bring people on the team and we're like, oh, you're on the team. Just everybody go deep, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody go out. <laughs> there's, there's no specific instruction, no specific role no clarity as to how we define that that person's job. Personally, I'm a fan of having some sort of a job description for every role that I recruit for. Oh, me too. I think that's so important. Uh, role, job description, role summary, whatever, whatever that is, and and it's so helpful for clarifying. I, I um, going to go one other sport. You mentioned soccer earlier. I'm going to go. I'm going to go soccer because I'm coaching soccer right now, and I literally had this experience. Um, this past Monday where um, my team, because of rain and heat indexes and things like that, we've practiced twice out of about four weeks of play. And so I have not had a chance really to spend time with my team coaching them on the positions and it's a recreation team. And so they just, they don't know all the positions. And I kind of like a Sunday morning shotgun. I said, okay, everybody just go out and here's your position and do the best you can. And um, at halftime, I had one of my players come to me and said, I've never played midfield before. I, I really don't have any idea what yeah. I'm doing. And and so I had to, so I take that moment to stop and be the coach and say, okay, look, uh, I want you to go back out. You're fast. You move the ball. Well, here's, here's what you need to do in that role. Yes. And, and taking that sort of stop and time, this goes back to training. What I mentioned earlier, if doing that with our leaders, it gives them, it, it increases that sense of I'm on a team, but it yeah. also it gives them personal value of here's what I'm doing to contribute to the overall winning of, of whatever that win looks like for your ministry. Yeah. We need to be able to articulate what a win looks like. And I think too many of our people are serving in an environment where they have no idea at the end of a week, if they've made progress or not, Mm -hmm. they have no idea if they've accomplished a goal or if they've helped towards a goal. And so we need to be as coaches of our uh, leaders of our teams, as coaches, Mm -hmm. we need to clarify what does it look like to win? And then, okay. So we've talked about clothing We've talked about coaching. We've talked about huddling. And the last one, Jeremy, that I want to hit on is high fives. Oh, yeah. Another thing a team does is when we do score, it's not only the person who puts the ball in the net who celebrates. Right. It's not the only the person who steps on home plate that celebrates. The whole team shares in the win. And in fact, if somebody scores in many of our ministry settings, the whole rest of the team may not even be aware that there was a change on the scoreboard. So we need to find a way to celebrate and elevate whatever we consider scoring, right? And so I would say if, uh, if, if God is doing something, if something significant happened in our third grade group today, and that leader is, is feeling the excitement of that, we need to be able to bring that back to the huddle, mm-hmm. share that victory together because we win together as a team. Yeah. And, then, and then high five each other and say, good job today. Great work over there. Here's what God is doing. And as we celebrate that that victory, we we do that in a way we're giving glory to God and we're encouraging one another. Oh yeah, the one of the worst 
um, things that could make me feel like I'm not part of a team is knowing that a number, another part, part of the team scored a, scored a goal and I wasn't, and I didn't know about it, like yeah. finding out weeks and weeks later. And so to increase that level of teamwork, we all want to celebrate. Now, again, we're not all carrying the ball across the line. Maybe it's a kid accepts Christ in one of our classes. We, we're not all there, but, but just like Paul says, we, we each have a, have a role to play. We water, we plant, we do different things. And so you may not have been in that room, but you are part of the team and, and it will go a long way with your team to let them know, um, not just that a, a win happened, whatever that win looks like in your ministry, but that, that a member, a member of the team did something and it, and it happened. We're giving glory to God. We're praising God for what happened in that team members, uh, class group, whatever it is. And then the entire team then can celebrate that. And that it just, it just adds extra value in belonging because we're now celebrating together. The team member who was there seeing the win in that moment, they're celebrating because now more people are celebrating along with them. And then the right. other team members are also uh, feeling that sense of joy and celebration as well. Again, just deep, deep into the uh, sense of belonging into that team. And the truth is in, in that situation, that scenario where, where a child, say in that third grade group, makes a decision for Christ on that day, every person on the team has played a role. And mm-hmm. so you you can go back and we can say when, when that child received a, a warm greeting when they arrived and someone someone else looked them in the eye and called them by name and said, I'm so glad you're here. And then that child was connected in uh, during a game time where they were introduced to other kids and connected to leaders in relationship. And they felt like they were a part of a, of a team for a stage game. And, and then they made this response. Someone else told the Bible story. Somebody else talked, had a little discussion about how to apply that to your life. It, it, the whole team shares in that yeah. every single time we every win time. together, but we, we need to elevate that as the leader. Yeah, yeah I agree. Totally need to elevate Oof. it. Jeremy, we need more time. So <laughs> we we, we've, we've come up, we've, we, we've, we're already, uh, it's time for us to stop talking right now and give the listeners ears a break, but we have so much more to talk about around this. I know you want to go deeper on this idea of, of high-fiving, of celebrating yes. team. Will you come back again real soon and let's do another conversation about how we can celebrate our team? Oh yeah. Celebrate. The, the key word is encouragement and we need to do that for our team. I'd love to talk more about that. Great. Well, let's do that again real soon. Jeremy, thank you so much. I love conversations like this because it's exciting. And listeners, I hope that you catch the enthusiasm for your team. If you don't have this as a culture, really consider taking specific steps right away to figure out how you can build a sense of belonging for everyone on your team and uh, in unity as we serve together. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode and another episode soon with Jeremy Carroll to talk more about building the culture within your team right, right here on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. See you later, guys. Get equipped and re-energized for a new season of ministry at the Etch Family Ministry Conference. Bring your whole team, no matter where you are, and experience the Etch Conference live via simulcast. Register today at etchconference.com.